This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Another day, another turn of events in the SNC-Lavalin saga. This morning we heard that Jody Wilson-Raybould has submitted a written statement, including text messages and emails to the House of Commons Justice Committee. And potentially there is new information in there about the investigation into these allegations of inappropriate pressure. Now, in the six weeks since this story first broke, it has become hotly debated, both in the political and in the public sphere. So debated, actually, that it becomes difficult to hold a conversation about it, especially online, because of how toxic this has become. That is something that we are going to be talking to Keith Baldry about. He, of course, is the Global BC Legislative Bureau Chief. Keith, thanks for joining us. Good morning, Simi. This is something you've definitely noticed, right? Online, I saw you talking about this. Yes, I tweeted that the toxicity of this, the whole SNC, Jody Wilson-Raybould, Justin Trudeau thing, uh, is just something to behold. Um, you know, you've got the government uh, acting incompetent, uh, being accused of being duplicitous. Uh, you've got the opposition, I think, making uh, somewhat hypocritical comments, of denouncing Jody Wilson-Raybould for months, if not years, as, as an incompetent AG, and now suddenly she's a, a Mother Teresa. And you've got the media uh, savaging each other, reporters going after other reporters yeah. if they disagree on Twitter about what's go- actually going on here. And it's, uh, it's, it's quite something. I've never actually seen this before. We haven't had a scandal, I think, of this type of, uh, of, this type of scandal take place, uh, which involves, I think, a lot of people with a lot of staked interest. And that includes the, the government, the opposition, and the media. And it's interesting to watch them go at each other's throats in a, with a ferociousness I think uh, we've not seen before. What do you think is behind that? Why do you think it's so ferocious? Well, it's interesting. I've talked to other reporters as well. There seems to be a pent-up rage in Ottawa at the Trudeau government from uh, from the opposition and from, from uh, some members of the media. I'm not sure why that is. Perhaps it's because Trudeau came in promising to do something, uh, do politics differently, probably uh, was seen as arrogant by some. And when there's a, a... We've seen this before in other political stories. When someone, a political leader cast him or herself off as superior to everyone else and you know, we're going to do something differently and become seen as somewhat arrogant and detached. The moment they're vulnerable, that vulnerability is suddenly ripped into and opened right. a mile wide. That might not otherwise occur if that leader had a different type of personality or a different type of approach to the job. So I think that's partly what's on display now is that there was a little opening there uh, to go after a prime minister who sort of elevated himself above others, and now people are just jumping into this hole and making it a mile wider. Right, I get that. The hypocrisy thing I totally get, right? Because if you build yourself up as something and then you're not that thing, obviously people are going to call you on it. But do you also think that we're being influenced a little bit by the kind of political dynamic that we see happening in the United States? I think so. I think there is this, uh, and I think it's fed by social media. I mean, people yeah. behave on social media in a way they would never behave in public. And they say things on Twitter and, and other uh, Instagram and Facebook that they wouldn't say in public. And, and the criticism level and the, the sort of people accusing each other of literally war crimes on something like this, it just is out of proportion necessarily of what's actually going on. I still maintain, I don't think the average person is sitting around the, the workplace right now 
talking to their work colleagues in earnest about SNC-Lavalin. I mean, I think people talk more about other issues than than uh, necessarily political scandals, but uh, that is not reflected necessarily in a lot of the coverage and the debate around this particular issue. Now, Trudeau government does not help itself at all. By the way, it's handled this thing. It's, yeah. it's just pretending there's nothing to see here, folks. Walk away. Well, as you mentioned, six weeks ago, that was their attitude, and that's their attitude today. Well, it's been six weeks of a death by a thousand cuts, and it's going to continue today with Jody Wilson-Raybould's written testimony, which I gather is now off to uh, the translator for translation, and then presumably will be made public by the Justice Committee, although you never know with the Liberal majority there. They may try to try to suppress it. But uh, this shows no signs of going away. But I am struck and alarmed by what I see on social media of people really yeah. ripping into each other in a way that I don't think really fits the story. No, I think you're absolutely right about that. It's just the hyperbole is just out of control on social media on this. Uh, you're also talking about leadership crises as well. Like, I think, is it fair to say, I think, it, and I think it is, is at this point that the the Justin Trudeau is undergoing a bit of a leadership crisis here. Oh, I think uh, no doubt. And the pe- people are debating whether or not this is a coup attempt by Jody Wilson-Raybould and Jane Philpot. And some people suggest that, and they get vehemently denounced on on Twitter. Uh, others say, no, this is exactly what's going on. Whether it is or not, there is unprecedented questions about Justin Trudeau's leadership uh, now. And I've got a post a column out this week. Uh, I'll just point out, we've gone through a number of these things in uh, in British Columbia. The one thing Justin Trudeau has going for him is time. Uh, experience shows us in B.C., if a leader wants to hang on in a parliamentary system, they can hang on for quite a long time before they're forced out. And I think if, uh, if there is a coup attempt going on, you're going to need more than two people at the table uh, to force Justin Trudeau out. There have to be more MPs to add their voices to Wilson-Raybould and Philpott, uh, Jane Philpott in particular, through the entire federal cabinet under the ethical bus, because she basically, in her resignation letter, denounced them all basically as corrupt and dishonest. But unless others come to their aid, uh, with the election only six months away, I just don't think there's time to force Justin Trudeau out, and that's the experience we've got in B.C. Bill Vanderzam, I spent two and a half years covering a revolt against him before he was finally forced out. Mike Harcourt... Uh, faced a good year uh, of controversy over Bingo Gate before he decided to step down. Even though I don't think he actually had to step down. Uh, Glenn Clark didn't remind for six months until after the Mounties visited his home with our television uh, uh, crew in tow. Right. And Christy Clark, you know, she had a caucus revolt as well. And what came to her aid and may, may come to Trudeau's aid was the election window. It was she had months of internal turmoil. Then there was an election, and she unexpectedly won. Trudeau now will go presumably. Through through months of internal turmoil. We'll see what level it gets to. But he does have an out, and that's the election in October. And that's where I think uh, the comparison to B.C. is. Right, because you've covered a lot of these types of leadership mm-hmm. issues before, but every leader kind of deals with them differently, right? Like, I mean, with Gordon Campbell, we didn't get any whiff of any kind of problems until all of a sudden there was, and then he was gone. Yeah, well, he had two brushes with it. First of all, remember the drunk driving charge. Right. A lot of people thought, oh, he's toast, he's done. Well, no, he wasn't. In fact, he actually went up in the polls after he had that tearful news conference. And then it took about a year for the HST controversy to finally drag him down to the point where he had to resign. But again, it takes a, these things are not resolved in a matter of weeks. They are resolved over a long period of time, and that's a big advantage Trudeau has right now. For all the grief Wilson Raybould and Phil Part are causing him, and their supporters and sudden supporters in the opposition and some media commentators, uh, there's not enough time necessarily to take him out. So he's got the election on his side, and yeah. that's what we've seen in B.C. before. Leaders 
can play for time before they go and test their will, uh, test the voters' uh, will at the election. Is that the key then, having an election, but the difference between those who can hang in there and those who have to go? I think that's one of the keys. It does provide uh, judgment to be made uh, from from the ultimate uh, judges, and that's the electorate. Uh, a scandal, and we saw this with Van der Zem. Uh, his problem was he couldn't have an election. He just endured uh, a couple, more than two years of internal uh, turmoil, and we're talking serious rebellion. And he finally, the, the clock ran out before he could, he could go to the electorate, and so he was done. Uh, you know, uh, other Christy Clark, again, that, that election came in just the right time for her because it, put to, it was allowed her to put to rest all the internal dissension in that caucus. It just suddenly went poof, out, gone, because she was reelected. The, the, the voters are the ultimate arbiters here. They're ultimate judges. It's not the opposition. It's not the media. And that's who's going to judge Justin Trudeau at the end of the day. It's going to come in October. And as I say, six months is a lifetime in politics. So what's going on right now may not be what's going on in October. He may be punished yeah. big time by the voters. He may be kicked to the curb. Or if he wins, everything that goes on today is going to be go poof, just like it was, did with Christy Clark. That's exactly what I was thinking, too. So, like, depending on how people vote, then will either cement his hold on the party or will loosen the hold on the party? Exactly. If, if he comes back with a minority government, I think that's going to severely weaken his leadership on the party. Uh, he will have taken an impressive majority down to a minority, and there's going to be rumblings. Uh, I think the more knives will come out than just Wilson Rabo and, and Jane Philpott. But if he can deliver another majority, uh, that cements his hold on the on the on the party leadership. Uh, David Aiken, our, our global colleague in Ottawa, has got a good piece about all the the internal turmoil that's starting to occur in the Liberal Party with people sort of questioning things. That goes away though with an election win. It doesn't go away if it's a minority government. Interesting. Any predictions from you then? Do you think he's going to hang in there? I think he's going to hang in there, and I think uh, I think this will start to ebb in terms of its intensity. Uh, but it may come back again in an election campaign. One thing I've asked liberals: How can you be sure Jody Wilson-Raybould, if she's running as a liberal candidate, or Jane Philpott for that matter, aren't going to say something completely controversial in the middle of an election campaign, and suddenly that becomes the story of the yeah. day? And that would be terrible timing for the Trudeau government. So I'm not sure the final chapter is written on whether Wilson, Raybould, and Philpott are going to be allowed to remain as, as candidates for the Liberal Party. But as I say, this thing's been unpredictable since day one, so I'm not making any predictions. No kidding on that one. All right, <laughs> Keith, thank you. All right, take care. That is Keith Baldry, our Global BC Legislative Bureau Chief. He's got a great piece this week, actually, you can read in your local paper uh, about leadership crises and how politicians either get through them or do not get through them.